Blog Talk Radio. Tonight we're going to be doing the um, official review. It's not going to be too long, but I just wanted to hit on a couple of highlights of the 2013 VMAs, the MTV Music Awards, that um, took place last night. Um, if you want to get in on the conversation, feel free to do so by calling us at um, 646-915-8200. Um, you can also um, join us on Facebook. We have a group page where you can send your comments, um, send links, whatever you want to do. And if you want to communicate with us that way, um, just look us up under the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers or just look us up under UCOFW. Um, there's, there's a regular fan page. The group page is what we uh, mostly use on there. Um, feel free to just join in a conversation um, that way. Um also, we're going to open up the chat room for those who want to uh, send in your comments. Um, we want to know what, what were your favorite moments. Um, what what um, did you like about the awards this year? Uh, what didn't you like? And I know you guys have a lot to say, so I got a lot to say tonight, too. And also, later on in the show, we're going to get to some current events as well. But I also want to um, jump into a conversation that me and Michael were having last night. He's going to be on here pretty soon. Well, we're going to pretty much discuss uh, a very important question that I want to pose to you guys. And we're going to discuss, we're going to answer the question, and we're going to discuss, discuss, you know, um, that topic dealing with um, should the entertainment world be a mentor to your child? Is it their obligation? Is it, is it their duty to be a mentor to your child? Because so many times I think that we uh, put faith into these entertainers when their their job is to entertain. We put faith in them to be a mentor to the youth. And I'm going to discuss that, you know, because I think a lot of times parents, if they would do more of a job of teaching their children right from wrong and instilling values in, um, within them, I think that so many of them wouldn't go astray. And I, I get so sick and tired of people always saying that it's the entertainer's job. They shouldn't rap about this. They shouldn't think about that. They shouldn't uh, play these roles in movies. They shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do that. And really, is it their job? Because at the end of the day, You are the parent. You have that child. And you should be the one that's instilling these basic values within them. So we're going to um, discuss that. Uh, We're going to go to a couple of movies. I mean, not a couple of movies, but a couple of songs really quick while while we finish preparing um, and um, just getting things started with the show. I believe Michael is online. We're going to get to him in a few minutes. Uh, We're going to go to... uh, 
some some Sierra. We're gonna go the body party, and then we're gonna probably uh, uh, kick it out with some Bruno Mars or something. We, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see um, what the next song's gonna be. But we're gonna kick it off with uh, Sierra uh, body party. I believe C's gonna be in here, and uh, we'll just see who else comes in tonight. Once again, that number to call in if you have a comment is six four six. Nine one five eighty two hundred. We would love to hear your comments, and um, just hit us up on our Facebook group page. You do have the uh, chat room open for those who would like to come in and make a comment. We always appreciate your uh, support. We always appreciate your opinions, um, and that's pretty much it. When we come back, we're going to kick off the show with the MTV review. We're going to talk about a few things. You know, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of current events, and then we're going to be off here tonight. We're not going to be on here too long tonight. So um, we'll be back in a few.
you motherfucker. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. Grade. I thought that I was gay, cause I could draw, my uncle was, and I kept my room straight, I told my mom, tears rushing down my face, she's like, Ben, you've loved girls since before pre-K, sure, 
Yeah, I guess she had a point, didn't she? Bunch of stereotypes all in my head. I remember doing the math, like, yeah, I'm good at Little League. A preconceived idea of what it all meant. But those that like the same sex have the characteristics. The right-wing conservatives think it's a decision. And you can be cured with some treatment and religion. Man-made rewiring of a predisposition playing God. Oh, nah, here we go. America the brave still fears what we don't know. And God loves all his children. It's somehow forgotten, but we paraphrase a book written 3,500 years ago. I don't know. And I can't change. Even if I tried. Even if I wanted to. I would think hip-hop hates me Have you read the YouTube comments lately? Man, that's gay Gets dropped on the daily We become so numb to what we're saying A culture founded from oppression Yeah, we don't have acceptance for them Call each other faggots Behind the keys of a message board A word rooted in hate Yet our genre still ignores it Gay is synonymous with the lesser It's the same hate that's caused wars from religion Gender to skin color, the complexion of your pigment, the same fight that led people to walk out and sit in as human rights for everybody. There is no difference. Live on and be yourself. When I was at church, they taught me something else. If you preach hate at the service, those words aren't anointed. That holy water that you soak in has been poisoned when everyone else is more comfortable remaining voiceless rather than fighting for humans that have had their rights stolen. I might not be the same, but that's not important. No freedom till we're equal. Damn right I support it. Can be united by law When kids aren't walking around the hallway Plagued by pain in their heart A world so hateful Some would rather die than be who they are And a certificate on paper Isn't gonna solve it all But it's a damn good place to start No law is gonna change us We have to change us Whatever God you believe in We come from the same one Strip away the fear Underneath it's all the same love About time that we raised up Keep 
All right, I think we're back and might be having a little technical difficulty, but if everybody would just uh, hang with us here for a moment. All right, we're back. I'm sitting here talking. I didn't realize I had had the line on, had my line on mute still. (laughs) And um, I just wanted to let you guys know that we're back for the 2013 review of the MTV VMA Music Awards. um, review tonight. Um, just wanted to inform you that um, for one, we do have Michael Snyder online, um, and I just talked to see she had a family emergency come up tonight, so um, she um, she just informed me of that. So, uh, but she said she will well we will be on air uh, Wednesday for episode two of Reality Check three one seven, but uh, she just wanted me to let you guys know that. Um, she will not be able to attend tonight, so uh, let's just keep her in her thoughts, um, keep keep her in our thoughts and prayers. But um, tonight we have a lot that we're going to discuss in addition to the VMAs, which we're probably just going to discuss just to hit hit the high points and just move on. Because I have a couple of things that I want to talk about. Um, you know, we're not going not going to be on here too long tonight. Uh, one of which is um. An, um, in a topic that me and Michael discussed last night, and it's a, it's a good question that I want to pose to the listening audience out there: Is it the entertainment industry's responsibility to be a mentor to the youth? Is it is it their job to be a mentor to your child? To your child, um, I think so many times, you know, we allow. Um, the television, we allow the media, we la- we allow social media, uh, we we just allow everyone else to raise our children and be an influence to our children. And well, I can't say our children because I'm not a parent myself, but I just know, um, just knowing, you know, um, just coming up, you know, I'm relatively young, you know, just just seeing how, um, you know. We have allowed society and everyone else. We have allowed um, the people in our community, the you know, um, the entertainers themselves, and everyone else to be an influence over the youth, except the parents themselves. And it's just like you know, you're pointing the finger at everyone else for, you know, your failed attempt of being a good parent. So. We're going to discuss that later on, and also uh, we're going to talk about a couple other uh, current events that have taken place here recently. Um, but I didn't know if you had something that you wanted to start off with, Michael, or you just want to uh, jump right in. No, I'm just following your lead. <laughs> All right, well, we're just going to wing it tonight. You know, like I said, it's been a long day, but I still wanted to get on here and talk about a couple of things that I've, um, well, a couple of high points from the uh, the VMAs last night that I want to hit on. Um, before we get to the ratchetness of the VMAs, I really want to hit on a, a few positive points last night. Uh, first and foremost, um, we just listened to a song by uh, Macklemore called um, Same Love. And I really want to commend him last night for coming out and making a bold statement. Um, and I think, you know, through this song alone, he, he made a bold statement and he, he took a stance on um, the issue of gay gay rights in general um, and uh, how 
um, a lot of times we don't realize it that um, that it's something that's not really addressed. Like especially in the world of entertainment, in the world of you know, especially in the hip hop world, it's something that is just a taboo subject. But yet, I'm about to go here. You have a lot of entertainers that are living that down low lifestyle. And, you know, um, pretty much, you know, a lot of them are in the closet. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are homophobic, but I think a, a lot more of them are in the closet. And, you know, I think that's, the, you know, the word on the street, the T, you know, I, I think got the T from a couple people that a lot of these hip-hop artists, and, and not just hip-hop artists, but a lot of people in Hollywood in general are living double lives. But yet you still want to deny who you are, and, and and it's fine if you if you not comfortable with coming out with who you are, that's your right because you you know you're an entertainer, you know uh, you know you're you just doing your job. But when you start attacking the gay community, but yet you're living that lifestyle yourself, I have a problem with that. But getting back on point, um, I really want to commend him for last night. Uh, for making a statement and making a stance that gay rights, you can't separate them from human rights. And I think that, um, he, I think through the song he wanted to convey that message, and, and he officially um, made that, that stance last night when he said that on, on the MTV Music Awards, when he, when he, you know, accepted his award, that, you know, we can't, we have, we have to really start looking at this thing from a realistic point of view. Um, she's, he, like he said, like this, this art form was created out of oppression. You know, a lot of people express themselves through this form of music. That's what this, this art form of hip-hop was originally about. And I think that now, you know, sometimes within today, especially in hip-hop, it's, it's an oppressive um, type of, what was what came out of oppression has become oppression, and I think a lot of times we, uh, especially not just in hip hop but just in general, I think we uh, overlook gay rights. You know, whether you agree with it or not, it's a human rights deal, and I think everybody deserves basic rights. You know, regardless of what your stance is on it, and I want to commend him for um, making that stand because a lot of people, you know, they could have been, you know, he could have been just like every other artist. You say, hey, I'm out here just trying to get my paper. You know, I'm out here, you know, I'm not going to touch this issue because, you know, I don't want to take a risk of me losing supporters and losing, you know what I'm saying, losing money, you know. And he took that risk, and, I, and you know, I really appreciate him for um, doing what's right and standing up. You know, regardless to what your belief on homosexuality is, and um, and same sex uh, marriages or gay rights in general, you have to admit, or you have to, you know, at least say, hey, th- these are human human beings, and they deserve basic rights just like anyone else. So I don't know what you uh, wanted to add to that, Michael, or um, do you know much about him, or like, have you? Um, what do you think about that song that he he um, put out called "Same Love"? I well, I am one of the weirdest people that 
I don't hardly ever listen to a radio, and I'm not usually big on music. For me, that's just the type of person I am. However, this is actually in my short music collection, which is probably eh, 150 megabytes. Yeah, I know, small music collection. That's one of the songs in my music collection. I love it. I absolutely am very happy to see that there are aspects of this world that are changing and are moving forward. And I think to see someone in his genre of music actually come out on that type of a topic is very commendable for him and how what they're doing with that. It, it's, it's refreshing to see that type of a stance start to take place. It's long overdue. Right. All right. Um, we'll move along to um, a couple things. I'm going to hit on a couple of highlights. I think I actually have an article, too, that I want to read. Um, let's see. Uh, another point I wanted to hit on was Justin Timberlake last night. He, he did an awesome job on his performance. Um, and it was also a reunion of NSYNC last night, and I think they really tore the house down. They did really good. I think Justin, he he uh, he enhanced. I mean, he he really brought the he, he brought the vibe. He brought the flavor. He he really um, made made the performance last night. You know, and you know NSYNC they still have it. You know, what I'm saying they they still looking fly. You know, what I'm saying they still doing the thing. So I really wanted to give a shout out to Justin, you know, um, you know, he he's he's making his comeback now. And um I just wanted to give big ups to him. Lady Gaga, I just don't even know. I just don't even know. I just don't even know. <laughs> you guys know by now how I feel about her. You know, she's back on the scene, like I said last night. You know, it's my personal opinion. You know, she's just like a, a bad roach or flea infestation that will not go away. <laughs> so I guess she has a new song out by called Applause and you know, she's she still up to her usual antics, just weird, just you know, I mean, I just don't understand what is the big deal about her. Like why you know, I'm not hating on her or whatever, you making money, whatever works for you. But it just seems like she's just needy oh I mean it's nothing special about her. It's, I mean, only thing that she does, she does stuff out of shock value. I think to remain relevant because really her music to me is just it. I don't see anything special about it. I think that the beat to this song and the the vocals and everything it's just very average pop pop. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just average to me. It's nothing really. Um, it's nothing really. Um, Special about her music, especially this new song. It doesn't prove to be any different, you know. Um, I haven't seen the video to it yet. I heard that um, um, she does have a video out for it. And the video, they said, from what I'm hearing from people, that the video is actually more exciting than the song itself, which I think that's very true of most of her her, uh, music videos to her songs, like, they really, I think those, the video is what makes the song work. I think the song is, becomes relevant 
And don't get me wrong, she she has some pretty good uh, music videos. But I think that that is the only reason why her songs are as popular as they are because her actual music video promotes her song. Like, but if you only heard the song, it would just be very, very, very just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's nothing impressive. But anyway, that's my spiel on that. Um, Miley Cyrus is pretty much, I'm, I hate to say this, you know, just, just trashy. She's, you know, um, just embarrassing. Um, I, I really think last night, you know, um, she really made a fool out of herself twerking on stage. Um, she she performed on stage, and she was twerking up on uh, Robin Thicke. And those of you who don't know what twerking is, it means that she was shaking her booty, <laughs> her non-existent booty, upon <laughs> Robin Thicke that she did not have. And to me, like they were, everybody was like trying to um, figure out what was her boyfriend, like you know this boyfriend that she had that they were supposedly, you know, in a really um, close relationship with that was supposedly where well, they're, they're supposed to be getting married, and so he wasn't there, and it was like really, really just trashy. Like last night, I heard the, the, just the comments on Twitter. The comments on Facebook were just crazy. You know, everybody was just really clowning her. And I don't know what happened to her. You know, um, I think this image that she's trying to portray now is just not her. You know, and I guess she got upset, like, and went off on Twitter recently talking about, I have to uh, remind you guys that I know that I am white and I'm not trying to act black. Now, this is my problem. Why come acting black has to be synonymous with Ratchet behavior. What does acting black mean? You know what I'm saying? Why I'm so sick of people placing ratchet and just unruly behavior, matching it up with the black community. I, I need to know that trashy behavior is trashy behavior. You cannot put a color on that. So I'm, I'm getting so tired of people, especially her, making comments like that. You see what I'm saying? Like so. You know, I just really think that she needs to clean up her act. I think that, that you know, I guess, I don't know if it's the thing that she's trying to shed that Hannah Montana image. I don't know what it is, but really, the I don't know what she's doing. But yeah, she's I got Hannah Montana mixed up with some Britney Spears. Uh, and I think that's what it is. Because, you know, Britney Spears went through that stage, too, where she was just doing the most. She was yeah. really doing the most. And uh, let's see what else I want to touch on. Those were pretty much the, the main highlights. They said, I didn't get a chance to watch the end of the awards, um, but they were saying how um, Katy Perry, she did a good job. She came out at the end to perform her song. Let me look up the name of it. Um yeah, she she um, sung her uh, song. Well, she performed her song. I think it was Bark Horse. I think yeah. And um, she, they said she did a pretty good job in closing out the show last night. Um, and I'm gonna run down through some of the uh, winners last night. Uh, 
the best. Uh, let's, let's, let's go to the best. Let's start off with the best video of the year. Justin Timberlake, he took home the award for Mirrors. And uh, he went up against uh, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Thrift shop, which which I was surprised, you know that 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 song really took and taken off. So he he went up against him, Bruno Mars, Taylor Swift, and Robin Thicke. So he took home that uh, best male video. Bruno Mars he won that category. Locked out of heaven. Um, he went up against Kendrick Lamar, Swimming Pool, Ed um, Sheeran, Lego House, Robin Thicke. Blurred Lines and Justin Timberlake Mears. So he took that um, home. Best female video went to Taylor Swift, um, I Knew You Were Trouble. And she went up against Miley Cyrus, We Can't Stop, um, Demi Lovato, Heart Attack, Pink, uh, Just Give Me a Reason, and Rihanna. Stay. So she took that home. Um, Let's see, best pop video, Selena Gomez won that with her song, Come and Get It. Best rock video, 30 Seconds to Mars, Up in the Air. Uh, best hip-hop uh, video went to Mac- Macklemore and Ryan Lewis featuring Ray Dalton, Can't Hold It. Uh, best collaboration went to Pink uh, featuring Nate Ruth, Just Give Me a Reason. Uh, I'm not going to read all these. I'm just going to hit on the ones. Uh, best video with a social message. I'm pretty sure you guys can figure that out. Same love, Macklemore. And he went up against Beyonce, I Was There, Kelly Clarkson, People Like Us, Miguel, Candles in the Sun, and Snoop Lion, No Guns Loud, which I think that was just a, you know what I'm saying, that, that was a big giveaway. Um, best song of the year. Well, no, best song of the summer um, was by One Direction, best song ever. And um, that's about it. They also gave uh, Michael Jackson the Video Vanguard Award, which that was, um, well, it was an award called the Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. I'm sorry. And this year they gave that award and that honor to Justin Timberlake, which I think it was very well, you know, I think it was very well. Um, um, I think it, it was it, he, he deserved. Pretty much what I'm looking for. So um, Justin Timberlake is really hitting um, the airways, and he's hitting the national scene pretty well. Um, I, I I really think that um, he has a bright future ahead of him. You know, and um, you know, I'm saying pretty young, good looking guy. You know, he has a lot of talent. Um, just just really a unique. Uh, personality, and I think that um, he it, it was a award that was well deserved. So pretty much that is the uh, 2013 MTV Music Awards recap. That's my review. That's my opinion. Um, you know, get into it. That's that's all I can say. Um, I didn't know if you had anything that you wanted to add or that you wanted to say or. No, I didn't have uh, the opportunity to watch those, but not last night, so I I missed out on that. You missed out. I did hear a lot about that craziness with Miley Cyrus. Lord, 
Mm-hmm. Mm. They they had a picture up online. You know, and this is the thing: you got to be careful because people will catch you in all kind of crazy camera angles. And they said that they caught an angle angle with her. With I don't know what kind of pants she had on or whatever, but they said that she didn't have no butt, and it just looked like I don't know. It it, it was horrible. And somebody put on that picture. Where's the beef? <laughs> About Miley? Yes. Well, you know, she must suffer from the same affliction that I. You just got bones. You just got bones rubbing together, and you might you might end up starting a fire down there. She suffers from the same affliction that I do. It's called Caucasian syndrome. We don't have butts. We have backs with cracks. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that came out of your mouth there. I didn't have anything to do with that. I'm just saying that's just one of the things, you know. Sometimes we just don't have butts. (laughs) Well, you know, I think a lot of people suffer from that, you know. So, hey, you've got to make it work. Either you get some booty implants or you just what you can do. Okay, I'm I'm quite happy with me. You don't, so you don't want none of that beef fat injected into you? Uh, no, no, I'm afraid what they're injecting in there. I'm good. <laughs> My little flat like, back side is just fine. <laughs> like that woman that injected that fixing flag in her behind. I'm, yeah. Or in her face, I said, uh-uh. Yeah, I'm like, who, who's, who are you going to down the street that's going to inject something into you? No, I'm good. No. Mm-mm. And then you pay seven hundred dollars. Well, like, well, like behind yeah. the selling there. So you, 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 you pay seven hundred dollars. You are gonna get seven hundred dollars worth of water. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Right, that's like this. You taking your your you taking your your two thousand and thirteen BMW to Pookie down the street, Pookie's garage, and thinking that you are gonna get top notch service. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah. Might as well avoid that warranty. I had seven hundred dollars. I sure wouldn't go to somebody down the street and say, "Hey, could you fix this for me?" Mm-hmm. Uh, this ain't a yam. This ain't a yama. Van fix my life. They ain't. They ain't gonna work. <laughs> exactly. Mm-mm. But that was just my feel on that. Um. Before we get into the topic that I want to talk about tonight, I wanted to uh, first ask if you if you've heard anything in the news that you want to discuss. I wanted to talk about something disturbing. I wanted to talk about that shooting, well, not that shooting, but that the shooting potential shooting that could have taken place, and it would have been just tragic. Yeah, you know, uh, I talked. About I want to get on that. I had an article, an article about that, um, and they were saying that this 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 guy had, um, they were saying, the investigators said he had over 500 rounds of ammunition, so it would have been ugly yeah. if he would have, um, yeah. It went off. Yeah. So I um, wanted to talk about that really quick. and pull up the article, and then we're going to jump into the topic that we were discussing last night because you made some good points, and after I really thought about it last night, I said you really made – some good points about um, how the media has influenced um, 
just uh, society and how we how we view certain groups of people. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to bring that topic on the show tonight because I think that a lot of people don't realize that uh, that that certain ways that we like certain TV shows how they influence the way people think, especially those who don't have much interaction with people outside of television. You know, different. Right. You know, uh, I think sometimes we take diversity as something for granted. Like we we don't really appreciate being exposed to different cultures because a lot of people don't have that that opportunity. So. Um, I'm going to get on that, but uh, first I want to read this article um, about that the Georgia shooting suspect and how they said he had nearly 500 rounds of ammunition. And this article is coming from NBCnews.com, and the story was written by a correspondent by the name of Elizabeth Chuck, and she is a staff writer for NBC News. In the article reads, the suspect in the Georgia elementary school shooting who fired six rounds in a front office before surrendering to police had nearly 500 rounds of ammunition with him, authorities said on Wednesday, last Wednesday. Um, Michael Brandon Hill, which was 20 years old, walked into Ronald. E. McNair Discovery Learning Academy in Decatur, Georgia, outside Atlanta, with an AK-47 type assault rifle, along with bags containing hundreds of rounds of ammunition in a couple of magazines on Tuesday in DeKalb County, officials announced at a press uh, at a press conference on Wednesday. Um, on Wednesday. DeKalb County lead investigator Brent Davis and police chief Cedric Alexander outlined what could have been a massacre for the school but ended up with nobody hurt. The suspect surrendered peacefully to the police after exchanging gunfire with him. He walked into um, walked in with 498 rounds of ammunition. Fortunately, this came to an end quietly without incident, Alexander said. I think we can all make a reasonable assumption that he came there to do some harm. Um, let's jump down to, as uh, as part of their investigation, authorities are looking to locate the owner of the AK-47, who they believe is an acquaintance of Hill's. David says, David says that officials believe he got um, the weapon from the acquaintance's house, although he wouldn't say whether the weapon was stolen or not. Well, he better hope it was stolen, because if he gave that man that weapon, it's going to be oof. But anyways, a photo of Hill holding a rifle believed to be the same one used in Tuesday's shooting was found on Hill's cell phone, Davis said. The rifle was a point six seven six two caliber AK-47, Style weapon manufactured by Rymer and, and Kuger. Authorities don't believe he'll own the gun, but rather obtained it from someone else who had purchased it legally from a licensed dealer. 
they were working to find the gun's owner but wouldn't say if it was stolen or not. Uh, also on Wednesday, the brother of Michael Brandon Hill said that Hill previously threatened to shoot him and that he suffers from mental disorders. Timothy Hill told NBC News his brother, quote, was a bi- was bipolar and suffered from ADD, unquote, and that he and that, that the two have not spoken recently. Davis said that he told the investigators that he was on medication. He indicated that he was on medication and had stopped taking it, Davis said. NBC had not been able to independently confirm the diagnosis of Hill. He waived his first appearance in DeKalb uh, Magistrate Court Wednesday afternoon. Hill, Hill is a is being charged with aggravated assault on a police officer, making terroristic threats in possession of a firearm by by a convicted felon. He was questioned for hours by police, but police have no clear idea of what had, what may be the motive um, or whether Hill has ties to the school. Police chief Police chief Alexander said Hill may have prior contact with someone at the school, but the investigation was still pending. No other individuals are expected to be charged. A sheriff's sheriff's official in Henry County, Georgia, south south of Atlanta, said that Hill was also being charged there and was also charged there in March with making terroristic threats a felony in Georgia. The indictment is for an incident between December thirtieth and thirty first December thirtieth and the thirty first of two thousand twelve. The unlawful threatened um, unlawfully threatened to commit the crime of murder, a crime of violence for the purpose of terrorizing another. Timothy Hill told NBC News that uh, the charge stems from Hill threatening to shoot him. Michael Hill was issued a no-contact order afterwards, Timothy Hill said. And let me skip on now here. Uh, court records show that Hill pleaded guilty and was sentenced to three years probation in anger count, which I think is um, a very light sentence. Thus is tramp the elementary schools from their school to nearby McNair High School on Wednesday to resume classes. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported a day after the potential, ugh, I can't speak tonight, a day after the potential massacre was averted. Students were greeted by counselors and signed um, in a sign that read, Welcome McNair Elementary School. Our prayers are with you. Um, let's see. Um, officials believe that the government walked, and this is what they how they think they. I think he got into the school. Officials believe that the gunman walked into the front office of the school Tuesday afternoon about 1 p.m. with the AK-47, despite school security system that requires visitors to be buzzed in. He may have followed behind someone who was authorized to be in the in the building. And never got past the front office. 
and this is where um, I think the part comes in with with the woman that um, pretty much uh, convinced him not to go through with it. Once he was inside, a gunman told the clerk to call Atlanta TV station WSB. The clerk told a WSB um, assignment editor, Lacey LaCroix, that the gunman wanted the station to start filming as police died. Quote, all the all this time I'm doing this, I never experienced anything like this, McCroy said. It didn't take long to know that this was serious. Inside the office, he held one or two employees captive for a period of time. School bookkeeper Antoinette Tuff said that she was one of the hostages. In an interview with ABC News, Tuff said that she tried to convince the gunman to put down his gun. She said the gunman told her that she had no reason to live because nobody loved him, that he had no reason to live because nobody loved him. Quote, and I just explained to him that I loved him, Tuff, Tuff told ABC News. I didn't know much about him. I didn't know his name, but I, I did love him, and it was scary because I knew at that moment that he was ready to take my life along with his. And I didn't say the, And if I didn't say the right thing, then we would all be dead. Tuff also told the suspect, um, said that the suspect told her that he hadn't taken his medication. In an effort to calm him down, she told him about her own trouble, how her marriage fell apart, and about her struggles with opening her own business. I told him, okay, we all have situations in our life, she said. It's going to be okay if I can recover. He could, too. During the standoff, Tuff told ABC News that the gunman went outside several times and shot at police officers. He had a bag full of ammunition, she said. But after they had talked, she asked him to put his gun down and empty his backpack. Police Chief Alexander said that the suspect fired about six rounds for officers at, from at least a half a dozen and at least a half a dozen law enforcement agencies that raced from the school um, the school returned fire. Ultimately, Hill surrendered without incident. Tuff, who said prayer helped her get through the ordeal, is expected to be at work on Wednesday. Yes, I will be back, she told ABC News, sitting at the same seat, blessing that next person. On Wednesday, Alexander sung Tuff's praises. She was in there, she was able to talk him down, he said. She is a real hero in all of this. And that concludes that article. And I just really want to, I'm just so thankful, so thankful that this incident did not result in, first of all, the lives of anyone. I just, I just you know, the lost lives of anyone. I, but I really am thankful that no children were harmed or killed, you know, because this could have been a very catastrophic um, incident. And the thing about it is, it's like, you know, we have to get serious about mental illness in this country. We have to. We really have to get serious about this. We really have to get um, serious about the security of the schools because, this is an incident that should have never happened, you know. And I think that we have to get serious about the issue 
of first, like I said, mental illness, and two, we have to get serious about, you know, the safety of children. We have to. I said these incidents are becoming all too uh, prevalent. They're they're too um, they're becoming too common, you know. And I think that uh, until we start really looking at this, these these situations are going to keep occurring. And I just thank God that this just was not another Sandy Brook Elementary. And what makes makes it so so scary is like there's so many holes left that are I mean in this story. And I wonder if a lot of that has to do with this man's mental illness. And I mean I, I just I don't know. I, there's just a lot of questions that are still unanswered. You know, when you look to try to answer questions and you're dealing with someone with mental illness. It's hard telling what you get. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So what? So what you get from that story? And, 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 I, mean, I what, think the town ought to give that woman a medal that talked that guy down. Yeah. I mean, if she was able to keep her wits about her and get through it and talk that out to a peaceful ending with someone that's crazy. Give the woman a gold medal. I mean, geez. Yes, I agree. I agree. She went over me beyond um, the call of duty. I really think that, and I just can't. And like I was talking to C about the situation, and she um, heard. Um, she was listening to the Time Join the Morning Show, and the lady, um, this lady that um, um, was pretty much the hero in this situation. Um, she was just saying how, you know, she didn't know how things were going to turn out, and she was just saying how she just let God speak through her and just give her the words because she didn't know what to do, She, you know, and she, and she really thought that, you know, they were going to lose their lives, but she said she didn't know what else to do. She prayed about it, and she just let God speak through her. And I just really am glad that she remained calm. She was level-headed. Um, and, you know, she used her own experiences to, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to talk to God. This this was crazy. This guy had nearly 500 rounds of ammunition. Like, I just, this, I mean, I just, man, it's just miraculous. This story is just. If it's a real AK-47, that 500 can be gone in no time. Honey, I don't care. Life could have been. Several lives could have been claimed by that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could probably wipe out, I don't know how big the school is, but he could still potentially wipe out half the school. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Oh, boy. And then this guy, you know, I don't know. Well, hopefully this is going to be, you know, we've heard so much about the tragedy of these school shootings here within the last two years. Hopefully that maybe this one will be a turning point and we'll start to see things turn around that you know, in situations like this. I don't think it's gonna turn around until we have a really serious dialogue about several issues. Like it's just not gonna turn around by itself. And I'm glad to see that Obama he um how he really reached out to that school and how he commended that, that lady for her heroic uh, for her heroic act. I really um, am glad to see that uh, he took the time out to commend him. And I think him as a parent, he realizes the 
severity of this. You know what I'm saying? So I just really think there's several conversations we need to be having. We need to stop taking this lightly when situations like this happen. You know, um, it's just it's just really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate that um, now we're living in a society where children are becoming targets. You know, and you know, it's just I, I just I don't know. I really think that we we need to stop playing, and we need to start having some real serious dialogue. You know, if it makes you uncomfortable, oh well. So whatever. But I don't know. So. Yeah. And I want to jump into another serious uh topic and as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to pose the question should the entertainment industry and that includes, you know, movie movies and music, you know, uh and just media in general, should they be responsible for the content that they they are producing? And when I say that, like, should they be responsible in mentoring your child? Should they be the people that are in the entertainment industry? Should it be their responsibility to be a role model to your children, or should it be the the because you got to keep in mind they are entertainers. That is their job. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, should we, should people be made to censor themselves or should it be the parents' responsibility to censor their own children? Like what they, what they choose to uh, allow their child to listen to or to view. And um, are we making idols out of these people? Because the thing about it is, it's like, like I was telling you last night, these people have a job. They're here to entertain. Uh, and at the end of the day, especially let's, let's just talk about the hip-hop industry. A lot of these people that are um, rapping and singing lyrics about certain lifestyles, they're not living these lifestyles. You know, do you think that – now, true enough, there's some people that do live that lifestyle, but for the most part, when these people leave the studio – when they 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 leave the uh, you know when they are done shooting for the day, um, when they're done doing whatever they do for the day, they're not going back home to the hood. They're not going back home to the slums. They're not going back home to that volatile uh, lifestyle that they that they uh, sing rap or or they may you know what I'm saying. They're not going home to that. They're going home to their families. They're going home to uh, a lot of times these people have uh, nice homes, mansions, or whatever. They are going home to that lifestyle. And you think that they're going home, that they live this this, this thug lifestyle, this, you know what I'm saying, this fast lifestyle, and you think that that's, then you go out here and try to, live up to the image that they're putting out in the media, and a lot of parents want to get upset with these entertainers, but 
first of all, like I told you last night, Michael, like, no, who who appointed them to be a mentor for your child? They never, first of all, none of them have, you know what I'm saying? Like, they never came out and said, hey, they never told your child to follow them. They never told your child to, um, to, to idolize them. And if and we think about it, it's really hard. When the children want to idolize someone else besides the parents. If, and if we think about it real hard, who chose them to be the mentor for the child? The parent did when the parent stopped being actually active. Exactly. So that, that's, that's the, main, the main question I want to pose is, like, you know, when are parents going to be parents? You know, when are you going to instill values in your own children and, and and tell them what's right and what's wrong. You know, and I guess the way I look at it is, you know, I grew up in a home where my parents were pretty open. Um, they didn't really try to censor too much what you know I listened to or what I watched because they already they already instilled in me, hey, this is reality. This isn't reality. This is what I'm expecting from you. You know, and the thing about it is, you may think Lil Wayne, Lil Boosie and them, or whoever, Lil Pookie and them, or whoever the, the hip-hop artist that you're listening to, or they ain't got to be hip-hop artists. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the And I think that's, that's pissing me off, too, because everything wants to be placed upon hip-hop. You know, like, there's not other forms of, like, you know what I'm saying, like, other forms of media or right. uh, I think like when you and just, I were discussing the topic last night. You know, they'll even look at like sports uh, professional athletes, um, yeah. actors or actresses. You know, we can look at Lindsay Lohan, uh, sports athlete uh, Vic, I think was his name. They got in a lot of trouble then. I think there was another pro athlete that got just indicted for homicide or related to it. You know, we can look at all these as, you know, not just the hip-hop scene, but there's all these out here that these kids are supposedly supposedly idolizing and making them their heroes when they need to be looking more into their own community, their own backyard. You know, their own look their own parents. Now, given... Some parents I have met, maybe not the best idea of a role model. But well, at least I think, we know I think where the kids are getting off. Part of the problem track. is, it's like uh, so many parents today are just looking to throw their kids off of anybody. A lot of these parents are having kids, their uh, result of unwanted pregnancies, and um, the, the, the mother didn't. And, you know, and it starts with the woman. The woman has the power. You choose who you want to lay with, and you choose who you want to bring children in the world with. And I think that a lot of women aren't today aren't taking respect. They're not taking the, the the concept of bringing life into the world seriously. So when they're having these children, these children are unwanted. They're, they're a hindrance to them. So they're throwing these kids off on everybody. They're throwing them off on the grandparents, they're throwing them off on this person and that person, and they're expecting everyone else to raise their children and to do the job that 
they are supposed to be doing. You know what I'm saying? So really, they don't care as long as the child is out of their hair. They don't care who who's influencing the child. And that's why you have a you have a generation that is so jacked up now. We have mm-hmm. a generation of, of of children now that have no type of conscience. We have a um, conscious. Um, we have a generation of children um, that they're just they're pretty much numb to violence. They're numb to um, the feelings of other people. You know, it's just it's just a generation that's just lost, and they they've allowed. Um, Hollywood, they have allowed the music industry and everyone else to raise their children. And like I said before, none of these entertain these entertainers are doing a job. None of these entertainers, when you look at it, most for the most part, none of them have have came out and said, "Hey, I want children to idolize me," or "I, want, you know, I'm I'm right." I don't I'm, think I've I'm ever heard appointing one. myself as a mentor to your child. You see what I'm saying? But you want to still get mad. At me, like no, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. And really, most of the time, like the, the content that you allow your children to listen to is, is strictly should be only listened to by adults because adults, you know, for the most part, know you know right from wrong. They know that hey, they they understand the concept that hey, this is entertainment. You you see what I'm saying? And I think that children don't grasp that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that. Like I don't I said, think they grasped on the entertainment as far as, like, TV level and stuff. No, they don't. Yeah. It's still separate in their mind. Yeah. Well, I just, I, that just that just gets under my skin, like, you know. Um, yeah, I, and I one really... of the things I think you and I talked about last night, again, was, you know, why these, even if it is a, Let's say it's a good celebrity. You know, like I think one of them I talked about last night, familiar to Indianapolis, was Peyton Manning. You know, the man's got a children's hospital named after him. He's done all this great work, you know, and a great athlete. Good for him. But And that's wonderful. But at the same time, what about our our own communities here? You know, our own communities have people that are going out here and busting their butts every day to keep us safe. They're out here, you know, working hard to ensure the safety of our children. You know, we've got these people and we have these very good parents that are out there that are mm-hmm. really trying to do something. Why aren't we looking at our own neighborhoods? Because we're too busy glorifying someone else because they're on TV and everybody knows who they are. And most of these people that are on TV or have this thing, you know, it's not even it's not even good thing. Like, you know, uh, yeah. A lot of these reality TV stars. I only want to get back into that topic because that's just that's just <laughs> going to really up another can of worms. But I'm just saying, like a lot of a lot of times, even the people that we're idolizing that are these so-called celebrities. You know, I mean, they, they didn't get their fame in a positive way. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know. And also, I wanted to talk about something else that we uh, that we brought up in our conversation last night about how uh, it's kind of moving away a little bit, but it's kind of related still about how a lot of uh, how some TV shows have 
we 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 talk about how some television shows and some things have had a had a so called negative impact on society, but what about the ones that were that, that have had a positive impact on society? Uh-huh. But sometimes people can't see through they can they can't I don't know, like can you kind of put it into context? Because you, you brought it up, so I, I want you to talk about that. Like when we were talking about Will and Grace mm-hmm. and, uh, like, people like Tyler Perry mm-hmm. and, like, folks like the Cosby's and also even Queer as Folk, you know, yeah. as controversial as that show was, it began the dialogue to, to to open up, like, people's eyes to see, you know, seeing that, right. that people, they, I guess they gave a humanistic uh, picture paint a humanistic picture of certain groups of people. Right. Well, for example, I know uh, we look at Will and Grace. Well, let's go kind of chronological order here. Look at the Cosby's. Right. Look at how the Cosby's became so popular and so widely renowned that it actually did change a society's perception on black culture right. in the black community. Because here, and by say by society, I'm referring to the way things were at the time there in the 80s. In the 80s, right. you know, of course it wasn't the 1960s. However, the 80s were starting to really push along more equal measures. But and, and up to that point, the only shows that depicted black culture or the black family were shows that that pretty much depicted um, poverty, crime. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it just pretty much showed the the black family unit as it, it, it just wasn't a uh, favorable depiction. Right. And like um, sure. and, here you have the Cosby yeah. Show that shows. A black family that's in a good neighborhood with Little good parents, family. with a good mother and father unit, family unit, and they go to good schools and with good kids and with a very you know very good income. You know, it put the face out there that hadn't been depicted in that type of show before ever. Which 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 most black people come from families like that, you know. Yeah. But so many times the media wants to depict the black family as a a destroyed unit where there's where there's only a one parent, like where you know most children come from one parent homes and they full of dysfunction and everything else. Mhm. So we look at how big of an impact the Cosby Show had on a viewpoint, on a thought process, on a way of thinking that trickled down into mainstream society, and it had an effect, and it had a positive effect. And another, the next example, if we want to come, you know, along these same type of human rights, civil rights lines you come down to, like, Will and Grace. When Will and Grace come out, it was not cool to be gay. 
And this is where I'm talking also in my time frame of when I was just starting to come out of the closet and how I was dealing with family and how I was adjusting, you know, to family and what my friends would think and all this. So this, I remember this aspect very clearly. When I was coming out of the closet, it was not cool to be gay. There was no real acceptance. People had to really sit and think about it if they were going to still keep you around. And at the time, at least in small-town America anyway, small-town America, I'll give it a little bit of credit, it's come a long way. Still has a long way to go, though. But when Will and Grace come out, it depicted for the first time a gay person that was open about who he was and was living his life and showed him as a real human being out there that lived life on a daily basis and suffered from the same issues that everyone else does and lived the same life everyone else does, put his shoes on the same way everybody else does. It didn't depict this as disease-ridden, uh, nasty, disgusting, horrible people that like live under bridges and molest children. It actually gave us a face. It gave the gay. It gave gay rights a face. It gave it a name, and it said, "Here I am." And you know what? They put a little humor with it. It exposed America to what a little bit of the gay culture was like—right, wrong, or indifferent. Mostly positive, though. I'll say that. Mostly positive. But it approached it in a humorous aspect that got people's attention and it made them laugh. And it entertained them. And it got people comfortable with it. And I'm going to go as far as to say that how that show and its long year, several years of running on TV helped to bring about the status of where the gay rights movement is to this day. So when an individual not... Seneca or I, when another individual I had had this discussion with as well talked about it, I said, why don't you like Will and Grace? You're in, uh, he, this was also another gay man. I said, why don't you like Will and Grace? You're walking around appreciating today the very some of the civil rights that it brought about for you. That person wow. didn't agree with me on it. However, it started to change a mindset. It started to get people to talk, and it started to get people to realize that. But do you think? Let me ask you this question real quick, Michael. Do you think that uh, some of that has to do with a lot of self hatred? I mean, and I want to say I don't want to use that strong of a term, but do you think that uh, that, that that does have something to do with it? Because the way how society for so long has portrayed gay people or their their perception of gay people, do you think that when something like this comes out, like a, a show like this comes to the forefront, do you think that that, that self-hatred kind of makes us ashamed of who we are? No, I don't personally would. I don't think that it's necessarily that. In the aspect, I mean, I think you may see some of the self-hatred rise up to the surface as if you were going to address the wound. Or shame, I should say. Yeah. I don't know. It probably, I think, I don't know. I think a lot of that's something that it's just got to be worked through if people work through it. But I don't know. I guess it's possible that it could. Yeah. It's certainly possible that it could. But, I don't know, and you had mentioned the movie Queer as Folk. Yeah. When Queer as Folk first come out, 
first come out, I also remember very clearly when it was new on TV, it was so... Well, we've all made the jokes uh, over the years calling Cinemax Skinemax. Sure. And yeah. ironically enough, it did, I believe, debut on Cinemax. <laughs> it was the first time I can guarantee you that that much skin and that much gay male-on-male contact had ever been shown in the history of television unless it was porn. (laughs) I mean, you couldn't get too much more of a sex scene with two gay men or two gay women, for that matter. You couldn't get much more skin in it unless it had been porn. And that's and I think that queers folk come out as shock value in a way. It almost like some of the entertainers or the singers or performers you see out there that come out with shock value in their performance. Mm-hmm. I kinda of think that's how queer as folk was. And yeah. boy did it but, get But they still had it they put a humanistic element in the show which show even though there was a lot of shock value in there and it was a lot I think a and I will say there were some stereotypes that were. Yeah, uh, I think that they did go there. ways to accentuate some of the negative stereotypes of the gay scene, uh, and probably even help perpetuate some of the stereotypes. Yeah. But I'll give them this: if you wanted to get people talking, boy, did it work. Yeah, it did. Thank God there was something out there like Will and Grace to counterbalance things and make things, you know, hey, we're over here. We're really not a Queer's Folk episode. Right. But still, two two different types of shows that had a big impact out there. Mm-hmm. On mainstream cultures, attitudes, and thoughts. So, I mean, that's... That's kind of a lot. And, oh, we had talked about uh, Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of the, some, things, the same person brought him up, too. Yes, this individual where I had had this original conversation with, this individual was not a fan of Tyler Perry. Now, I myself have been a very diehard fan of Tyler Perry, and I said, well, why not? And he's like, well, I think that some of his characters – perpetuate negative stereotypes. How so? He goes, well, for example, Medea. He said that type of crazy over-the-topness, just going all out, showing all eyes, I I think that's a negative stereotype that's being perpetuated by his show, and I don't think he should do that. I said, okay, well... My opinion is, Tyler Perry is a damn smart man, and he is a damn good entertainer. And if you are going to entertain, we all know the best teachers out there have a little bit of an entertainer streak in them. Right. So, Mr. Perry, being the entertainment genius that he is, knows his craft very well. And if you are going to get people's attention... And you're going to make them laugh. You're going to get them to identify with you by doing some little crazy things and some little funny, humorous things. You got to throw them in. 
know the word. What's that? Yeah, yeah, it's an attention getter. It's a way to get their attention and hold them in and get them there with you to get them laugh with you. It's called getting them to identify with you. Right. And you get them there, you get them laughing, you get them cracking up about it. Okay, you got their attention. Now you got your storyline. And you keep your storyline there. And the best way you can run your storyline is with things that affect the culture of the target audience that you are portraying your movie to. If you are going to have your target audience, you're going to want to use your storylines that have things that they identify with, things they are familiar with, and things that they are going to strike a chord at the core of who they are and what they have seen, what's out there, and what's going on in reality. And I told this individual that I had originally had the conversation with, I told him, I said, if you want to think that about Medea, I said, in his, his character there, I said, look at Medea's role at the beginning of one of the movies or plays, and look at Medea's role at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I said, at the end of it, you have Medea as a very upstanding and serious persona, a persona that's up there to stand up for you, to give you that shoulder to cry on, and to teach you how to move forward with your life. I said, that's different than the crazy acting, goofy thing at the beginning of the show, isn't it? I said, you know what? It's called entertainment. I said, if you're going to make a good a good entertainer, it's going to leave you when you leave that theater or that movie, whatever. The good entertainer is going to have left you with a sense of hope and a sense of a human survival. I said, and Mr. Parius, if we look at his works, from the beginning of each individual one to the end of them, by the time you leave, you feel like you just may have found a personal connection with his story. And in the personal connection, you may have found a story because maybe you had a situation in your life that was just as shitty as maybe what happened to another individual that he portrayed. You at least have come out of it with maybe a way to come out of it. You at least well, are given the good entertainer is going to push the envelope too. The good entertainer, but they're going to push the envelope in a good way, you know. Right. Uh, and sometimes, you know, they're going to make you uncomfortable, but yeah. really the end result is 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 what is what matters. You see what right. I'm saying? And that end result, he has always left people and everything that I've ever seen with an uplifting message and showing them a way how to get through something and how to move on and come out of it a better person. Now, that to me, that's a hallmark of a damn smart entertainer. Yeah, I can't say I disagree with you. You know, but I really think sometimes, you know, it takes someone, I mean, sometimes I think some people like way of thinking is so narrow minded that they can't see the bigger picture. Or they, they can't you know, they, they they're so stuck on the surface and they're not looking at um the message be you know you know what I'm saying? It's just like they're mm-hmm. stuck on the surface. They're not looking deeper into the message or what that that person is trying to convey. Yeah. You see too superficially looking at something. There you go. And although their intentions may mean well, I mean, they may, you know, uh, but really sometimes you have to look at things deeper, you 
know, and, and step right. back and kind of analyze things, you know, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to um, entertainment, you know. Yeah, because after every, all, every, at the end of the day, every movie it's has, still a movie. or every uh, form of entertainment has a message behind it. Now, the message may not always be good, but sometimes you just have to look. You can't look at things on the surface. You really have to analyze things and, and see where that person is trying to come, where that where they're coming from. So, right. you know, um, I think, and, and then as far as Tyler Perry, where he's coming from, I think it's coming from a a place of love. I think he, he's he's coming from a place of concern uh, for people. You know, and I think that that's his way. That's his his way of conveying a positive message to the masses. You know what I'm saying? And he's using his personal experiences, not right. Not and, society's experiences, if it or, wasn't or, his, or not even stereotypes. Okay. Uh, that is his personal experiences, where he came from, and what he saw coming up. You know, and, and if people want to look at that as oh, well, this is self, then oh well. You know what I'm saying? That is his personal experience. It's not about what somebody else told him or showed him, you know. So we we just have to kind of look at things sometimes from uh, we we we, just, we can't look at it, like you said from a superficial point of view, because like I said, he he's coming from a place of love and he's he's trying to convey a message that all people can, can relate to. Absolutely, and I think that that gets overlooked a lot of times. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like, people need to stop looking at. That. I mean, look at how how you can fit fit into that. Because I, I don't care who you are. We all have that crazy aunt. We always have all have that crazy grandmother, or not uh-huh. or just that that family member that you know. what I'm saying every family has. Everybody's got to know some, at least one person like that. Yeah. But you know, but at at the end, like you know, especially with a lot of the issues that he deals with, with as far as family is concerned. Like, uh, you know, I think he, he's very family-oriented. And, and I guess the point that he, he tries to push or bring home is, like, although all families have problems, you know, they can work through them. You know, there's there's some type of resolution if, if, if you choose to come to that resolution. You know what I mean? You know? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I really think that, you know, you, you have to kind of, over, I think people just get caught up on the wrong things. They don't look at the bigger picture. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. At the end, you know, right. summing up, you know. And I think that we should really be thankful to um, people that are trying to put a positive message out there. Because you know what, he could be, he could have easily been another one of those uh, producers or people that that's putting out. Uh, Pointless, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he could have easily went the route that so many other people are going. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to promote family values, and it's just not solitary. Like you said, like these shows, like Will and Grace, and like you know some of the other ones out here. You know, they may be controversial, but they're trying to put out a positive message. And I think a lot of people get caught up on the wrong thing. You know, right. because sometimes I think the issues that they're bringing up make us feel uncomfortable. And I think that that's just an easy way out to, like, I don't want to deal with it, you know. Yeah, and I think that uncomfortableness is where that a lot of times that sense of self-hatred is coming from. Yeah, and I guess that wasn't a good, 
I guess that was lack of a better term. I, I think yeah. it's not self hatred. I think it's uncomfortable because I think it, it especially people that are, because you know you have critics within the black community, like like you said, you have some gay, pe- you know, people within the gay community that are against shows like that. I think that a lot of those issues that are being brought up make make people uncomfortable because uh-huh. it hits at home, you know, and you don't want to deal with it, and it's almost like. I don't want. I don't know if this is a good way to put it. It's like it's airing dirty. I don't even know if I want to use it. It's, it's like airing dirty laundry, and mm-hmm. it's forcing you to um, look at yourself in the mirror. I think some of these. I think some of these shows cause people to look at themselves in the mirror and and, and really question themselves. You know, and I think that you know, or question the issues that are going on within that community. You know, and I think that uh, that kind of makes people uncomfortable sometimes. But really, you know, those issues being brought up uh, sometimes need to be brought up in order to, you know, bring about change. You see what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. Yeah, because you don't get a change without starting a dialogue. Exactly, exactly. You know, so yeah, I, I really, I really like that. I like that. You know, um, I really enjoyed that conversation we had last night. Um, you know, so I kind of thought about some of that stuff too after we got off the phone, and um, and you know, it makes it makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I, I'm glad that shows like that came out. You know, and then you know, you got to kind of think of it like this too, like. Uh, anytime you step out on a limb like that, there's a risk because you don't know if the people are going to accept that or what kind of backlash you have. So it's just one of those things where I have respect for the people that decide to take that risk right. and, and dealt to those because it's, it's never it's, it's always a gamble. It's a gamble anyways. Any anytime you you know are in the entertainment industry, you don't know how people are going to perceive you. But to take exactly. a big Step like that in that direction, it's it's really it's it's really scary because you don't know if people are going to accept that, reject it. Just like I was talking about Macklemore earlier about how he put out that song um, "Same Love." You know that was a step that was a step out on faith, like because you don't know yeah. how people are going to receive stuff like that. Yeah, that took guts. A lot of guts. Yeah, it takes guts. A lot of guts. That's, it takes boldness to to, to, to be um, outspoken or bring something to the public mm-hmm. or bring something to people that you don't Especially know how they're Especially something that's so contradictory and so, quote-unquote, black sheep for mm-hmm. the hip-hop industry or the industry that he works in. Right. You know, he's even happy with, well, are you gay yourself? So why does he have to be gay because he's uh, a proponent for gay rights? Like, why does he have to be gay? Like, why does he have to be in a closet? In right, order there's to people understand other... That's ignorant. I mean, yeah. Maybe he had people in his family that he cared about, or maybe he has friends or acquaintances, and he saw their struggles, and he felt that that was something that he wanted to yeah, he Talk talked about, about being very close to what he called his two uncles. Yeah. And, you know, how they played an important role in his life. 
and how important they were to him. And he right. said had mentioned also his I think he said his godfather also was a gay man. You know right. these were people that played intricate roles in his childhood and in his life and it made a very right. massive impact on him. Mhm. You know, it just it just bothers me when people make ignorant statements like that. Why and it just seems like, you know, it's almost like why care about this this uh What's the word I'm looking for? This marginalized group of people. Why? Why? Why should we care about them? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's just sad that we have that attitude. It's just like if it's not benefiting me or if it's not concerning me, why should I care about it? Yeah. You know, uh, or we don't want to get our hands dirty with issues that are controversial. You see what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. want to be a part of the in crowd. We want to go along with the flow. Nobody wants to step out and and, and uh, just do what's right. Everybody wants to go along with the flow, even if it's wrong. Like you know, pe- and that's the thing with with just society in general. Like people, people are just there's there's not enough leaders. Everybody wants to follow. You know, everybody wants to go with the status quo. Nobody wants to stand up and, and, and call right, right, and wrong, wrong. You know, and it's just like, you know, everybody wants to be comfortable. You know, everybody wants to be in that comfort zone. And, you know, we'll we'll sacrifice uh, standing up for what's right just to be comfortable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and I, and I think, and I, and like I said, I applaud entertainers that are, um, that are taking a stand. They're using their platform, and that's and that's the thing. We all have to, how how one person does it, you know, doesn't you know what I mean? Because they do it one way doesn't mean you can't do it your way. But we, it all takes us doing it our way to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you have to use your your platform. To, to make a difference You know what I'm saying And I, and he used his platform Which he could just as easily Just follow along like everybody else He could have been just like the typical rapper Or entertainer And you know just Did what everybody else did But he used his platform To speak out on this social injustice You see what I'm saying And, I, and like I said I got a lot of respect for him I have nothing but respect for him He's a very brilliant artist Um He's just 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 really talented. He's he's doing his own thing. He's making his own name, and he's being unique. And I and I like that. I like people that are unique and that are, uh, like I said, they're not trying to follow the status quo. So, yeah. Do we have any other topics we're going to cover? Um, I believe that's it. I just wanted to get on here really quick and talk about that. Um, I uh, talk do a quick review of that and um, bring up that one story and kind of talk about what we talked about last night because I think that was a powerful uh, conversation that we had, and I wanted to share that with everyone else and, and see, you know, um, to get people thinking about that. Yeah. But we're going to probably close out. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys, tune in on 
Wednesday for Reality Check 317. Uh, we're going to be um, talking about, uh, what are we going to be talking about? We, we, me and C, we get on here, we talk about everything. We're going to talk about um, taking pride in yourself. And when when I say talking, taking pride in yourself, um, that, that goes from everything to your personal appearance, your attitude, how you present yourself. Um, you know, because I think a lot of times a lot of people don't um, have any self-respect and self-dignity about their self, especially, you know, and I'm not saying that looks or everything or like, but you have to take some pride in yourself. Like you can't expect to get a job or, or have people take you serious. Like when, first of all, your attitude's messed up. You come to work or you go to an interview, you know, you're not prepared, you're not dressing the part, you know. I just think that a lot of times um, um, we do more damage to ourselves than what we think. And um, I, we're going to talk about that on um, Wednesday. So be um, on the lookout for that. Um, once again, um, you can check us out on Facebook. Um, look us up on the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. Um Join our group page. Um, we have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to that at youtube.com slash UCOFW. Uh, Michael um, has a website called Sunrise Humanity, um, and that's www.sunrisehumanity.com. So go check that out. He has a lot of good information if you're into uh, Reiki, if you're into uh, spirituality. Um, just, just a lot of neat things he has on there, and um, he's going to be doing some um, changes on his website pretty soon, so be on the lookout for that. And I think that's about it. You there, Michael? Yes, still here. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to um, get off of here. Um We'll be back next week with the Urban Wire. Um, Until then, um, have a good evening, have a good week, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Good night, everyone. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.